Camille Patrice Dickens, a.k.a. CPD, is coming back on the Voice First AI show to discuss leaving Amazon to work exclusively at Uber. Two highly innovative companies, one highly innovative and amazing human being, one awesome show you won't want to miss. Let's get started. Camille Patrice Dickens, a.k.a. CPD, yes. was on our show uh, a couple months ago. I yeah, I think that was uh, had to be around December, if not January, uh, about my experience working at Uber and Amazon. At the time, I knew I was going to resign from Amazon, just didn't know when, which is why I was talking a lot more about Uber. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we I thought it was about kind both. of dropping some hints that my interest was... <laughs> I actually, I didn't notice at all. I think I was too overwhelmed by the fact that I was talking with someone that was working at two of the biggest tech companies in the world yeah. simultaneously. Uh, but uh, So I didn't pick up on those hints. I'm also, I wouldn't say, the best at emotional intelligence. I also, I, did, I was being vague on purpose because I didn't... So I didn't know when I was going to, so yeah, when the podcast dropped, I intentionally didn't release it because uh, I didn't want Amazon to pick up on the fact that I was talking a lot more about Uber because mm. uh, it was questionable to, to them whether I was still working there. I was completely transparent about it. Where are you working on Monday, uh, Uber? <laughs> I'm like, I'm still partially invested. I kept it as collateral on purpose because I knew Amazon was not invested in me as a person per se, was invested in my labor, but not me as a person. Uh, whereas Uber would be the other end of the spectrum. Uh, they are invested in me as a, as a person. I'm learning SQL through Uber, uh, learning these kinds of things, something that I asked to learn. I asked, I asked to learn at Amazon, can you teach me SQL? Uh, well, what is SQL? Do you know what SQL? We don't know what SQL is. What is that? Why would you need that? All right, can you teach me Tableau? I did learn Tableau. It was easy. And through Amazon? Through Amazon. I did this Tableau report, so now I can say I know Tableau. Mm -hmm. Teach me something else. Well, I'm not learning it at Amazon. Give me another developmental project. Well, I don't have time to do it because I'm running around getting Sour Patch Kids for our customers. <laughs> it's occasionally needed. Every I'm, once in a while, you got to restock yeah, the Sour Patch Kids. Throwing away moldy apples for our Amazon Prime Now customers, which... I love serving, serving the Prime Now customers. It would be people I would know. I go, oh, Emily is ordering. Hey, she lives here. I don't know what she ordered. I'm not going to look at that because that would be invasion of privacy. But I do know that she ordered, and that keeps me going because maybe she really needs this. Mm. But sometimes I would think people don't need this, and we're treated like we're solving some huge issue. And multiple times I would try to rationalize to myself, why does working at Amazon really matter like to this extent that I'm doing that I'm like I'm when I go home at night all I have to do, time to do is say hi to my dog take him out real quick and then fall asleep on the couch while he he plays and he thinks I'm dead <laughs> like my dog man he went through it the worst I think your dog yeah okay so since since we talked you ended up no longer being with Amazon right um, and I think we connected because you actually posted the episode and then I was like, holy cow, this, this, this woman's a genius. She's working at both of these companies. And then you messaged me and you're like, yo, I got stuff to say. Uh, yeah. Let's talk. And now 
now I'm I'm just, I'm hearing that you're not working there anymore. So what uh, what happened? That okay, so you were uncomfortable about it first. You were you were kind of skeptical, but it sounds like that continued to progress so that no more working at Amazon. So for me, it doesn't matter where you're working at Amazon, software development, warehouse operations, an associate, online chat support, whatever. We're all held accountable to these leadership principles that are just like looming over you and you you could be sitting there where's your bias for action whoa where's your where's your disagree commit <laughs> like customer with, obsession yeah, all of it and it's like i have my performance review from amazon i should read it to you uh now i per, so i liked i want this to be a dissension so i liked the the amazon principles i remember Seeing like that. customer obsession and yeah. bias for action, I do feel like a lot of people, especially in the startup community, are about talking about ideas, but they don't actually go and ever act on them. Right. But it, you saying that can can when when would it get when would bias for action get applied where it would well, get like annoying can, or over the top? They can contradict each other. Oh, you have bias mm -hmm. for action, but you acted so fast. Did you take time to disagree and commit? Well. Mm. It's like, mm. it, it would be time. Bias for action, disagree right. and commit. If you're disagreeing and committing, you're not biased for action. You're taking you're... too much time to think. And we have ah. T minus so and such and such minutes to get these strawberries in the bag and out the door. So either you're going to throw them in their moldy or you're going to pick one out and hope the customer doesn't notice. Or mm. you're going to, it's like, well, I'm going to disagree and commit with your idea to short the customer one strawberry. I'm going to say we're just going to take the hit and hope they reorder. Well, we're not going to, well, now we're talking about it too much. Just make a decision. It's the wrong one or mm -hmm. the right one. Interesting. Very high stress situation. Like, yeah. Time-based. It's not no time for everybody to sit around and figure out what the an best answer is. It's yeah. someone's about to be right, someone's about to be wrong, and there's no way to push this right. decision off any longer to like let people cool off. Right. We have customer support. They'll refund them. They'll get them back. Because I don't know this concept that well, but you can probably Google it. There's like um, this cycle that Jeff Bezos came up with when he was like, how will Amazon scale? like some vicious cycle of like retaining the customer that the customer will never stop using Amazon and personally I don't know one person that does not use Amazon or at least it's like I have an account I, mm -hmm. I'm a prime member I think oh I'm not oh I am now <laughs> <laughs> let me just I'm a, prime, I'm a prime member now do you think that you'll still shop at Amazon after uh, leaving the company I, f I search things on Amazon and then I search them at another, another vendor and I try to get them that way and then if I can't, if I absolutely need it through Amazon, I will. But every time I order something through Amazon, I think about someone like myself running through a warehouse, stressing out, like, completely cortisol levels through the roof, like, trying to find it on a shelf. It's the virtual engine inventory doesn't match the physical. They're stressed out. Their boss is yelling at them, so they yell at their... Mm. their so this is what happens. If you're being yelled at at Amazon, it's because... They're being yelled at, and they're being yelled at, and they're being yelled at. It's like who's yelling at Jeff Bezos? I don't know where. I don't know who the first person yelling is, but eventually they're being yelled at. And the thing that bothers me is Jeff Bezos has been confronted on the public stage multiple times. Hey, people are complaining about work-life balance. Hey, people are complaining about these leadership principle principles. People are complaining about rank. What are you gonna do about it? No, they're not. Okay. Um, yes, they are. No, they're not. So you think it's just getting addressed with, like, tunnel vision of, like, ignoring the problem? I think the problem is, I'll say it, 
I won't say it, but I'll say it <laughs> kindly. I think the problem is there are people in position of power who think that they will say something and it's just it's spoken into existence, but it's not working that way anymore. We have things documented. Go on Glassdoor. Read the review for any position at Amazon. It could be L7. It could be L1. It could be L4. The, the, the those are the principles. Uh, no, so uh, an, a warehouse associate would be level one mm. or L1. Um, a software software developer would be L4, or a manager like myself would be L4, mm. and my manager would be L5, whatever. It's all the same thing. Read any position at Amazon The on Glassdoor. The major complaint is work-life balance. The major benefit would be compensation I guess like mm-hmm. um, and um, but taking taking into consideration that you are doing one person's job uh, when you're really doing three I think everyone should be paid three times more what they're doing so then they're doing three people's job at, at one time but whatever so, so you've got of, your employee what is this this is my employee review employee so, review so this um, was given to you before you left? Yeah, so I was sticking around for this because I needed some sort of something that said, hey, you did a good job here. Uh-huh. So my so my top leadership principles that people said I was good at, all my, my peers and my uh, superiors, said that I earned trust and that I are right a lot. Uh, so someone said... Camille's intelligence is unquestionable. She has great instincts and is seldom incorrect in her thought process and reasoning. Diving deep, which is another principle. When you dive deep, you have to check all the data. So diving deep merely confirms what she already knew to be true. Camille is great at considering all aspects of a problem and devising creative solutions for resolution with thoughts centered on all those impacted. So... Earn trust. So you were able to... That's like the emotional side. On an yeah. emotional level, you got along very well with everybody, and in your role, emotions are super freaking important, right? Because you're, you're always talking with drivers, with a, a lot of drivers, yeah? A lot of drivers. So when I first resigned from Amazon, the people I thought I was leaving the most were the drivers. And my friend Jesus Suarez says to Jesus. me, says to me, Hey, Camille, is Jesus. Send me that selfie that we take. <laughs> Hola, mi amigo. Cierto. So this is the selfie we took. <laughs> Jesus throwing up the My deuces. Babe. He just had a baby. I didn't know he was having a baby on the way. But these are the people who are driving on Amazon. He's uh, a refugee from Venezuela. Um, lots going on there. And now he drives uh, Amazon Flex. And I said, oops. So I messed up. I said, Anyway, he said, you are the best. I said, only because you helped me so much. So Jesus, he would come in at like, so we started picking our orders at 6.30. He would come in around 7, 7.45 to make sure that I was okay, that I was getting all the stuff out on time. And he would help me if I was falling behind because I'm measured on everything. So I'm like, Jesus, uh, you to me, you know, I need help, help me. I... And like I'm, these are going to be late. Something about it's going to be late. If we don't get them picked on time, I'm going to get them sorted late, and someone's going to know, and I'm going to get yelled at. So he would for free help me sort these orders. It's called batching. He would help me sort them, mm-hmm. and um, we would talk soccer. He's an Atlanta FC. I think that's what they're called, Atlanta FC fan. I think they're lead strikers from Venezuela. That's how I learned he's from Venezuela. That's how I learned he moved here. 
it, and you would see a new person like this every week come in. Who are you? Ah, oh, I used to play, I'm from Nigeria. I used to play soccer in Moscow, and I'm here. It's like everyone has some sort of story as to why they're, I won't say a, a slave, but kind of like enslaved by this, by Amazon. It's like everyone, no one wants to be driving around the city of Columbus trying to get, you know, such and such customer their order because as, you know, the ops manager says, if I don't have my order on time, I'm mad. But what's going to happen to you? Really, what's going to happen to you? I mean, you have this refugee from Venezuela driving a Toyota Camry and, like, with a newborn baby on the way, like, driving through the streets of Columbus, poor infrastructure, there's an accident mm -hmm. on the highway every week, rushing to your door to get you your Amazon Basics uh, Lightning mm -hmm. USB. Yeah, this is like looking yeah. at the other side of the amazing promise that we can receive any product at our door in a yeah. day, right? couple hours, two days at the most. The opposite side of that is there are a ton of humans that then have to run around the place, accumulate a ton of stress, are put under higher goals than they could possibly, possibly yeah. fulfill, that then have to fulfill those goals so that I get my strawberries in two hours yeah. with a smiling face and because I can... Because I didn't want to go outside because it was raining. Okay. <laughs> That's the customer. It's raining, we have more orders. I don't want to go outside, it's raining, I can't touch the rain. So that we have more orders, and to the point where I have to turn them off, I have to cap the orders, and that is detrimental. Mm -hmm. You turn off our orders, well, yes, they can't be late. Well, then don't make them late. Make our associates pick out 120 units mm -hmm. per, but the goal is, I don't care that the goal is 80, and realistically, mm -hmm. we go 75. I want it at 120 because I want as much money as possible. I want our customers not to be mad that they have to order two hours later. Mm -hmm. Well, our customers live around the corner from... CVS, they can go get their Fair Life milk from there if they are going to die. But it's raining. But it's raining. I can't go. It's, it's raining. I can't. It's wet. The acid rain is going to melt my skin. Whatever they think. I remember working at Amazon, and the people that I worked with in software development would show up super early. They would work all day, and then they would go home after I left, wake up and do it again. It felt like they were working 12-hour days, well over 40-hour weeks. And it seemed like they accepted it because they were working at Amazon. It was right yeah. when Amazon was becoming the richest company in the world. It, First trillion dollar, they say. For, for Apple, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but people are being, it's, it's weird how in a world where technology should allow us to have to do less to make enough money to live, yeah. companies like Amazon are setting goals that require us to do more. So yeah. do, you, do you think that the problem is that goals are very high because Amazon is a very successful business, so they receive a lot of demand? How can we make it so that that doesn't happen? Is it like from, from an Amazon perspective, what, what would you recommend that they do? Would it be like mm -hmm. bring more employees in so that way everybody can work less and then decrease the expectations? Yeah. Or like have augmentation from more robots that can act you'll, as assistance to the individual? You'll hear multiple people at Amazon say this. The work here is not hard. It's not. It's not hard. The work here, the work at Amazon is not hard. You have all the tools in the world. Someone's already created an Excel sheet years ago that will tell you everything you need to see. The Excel sheet is there. There's, there's all types of tools. Just have your computer open and you'll have everything you need. The problem is, how are you going to get it done in time? There's a bunch of easy tasks that need to, all of them need to be done now. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to prioritize your time and how are you going to prioritize what needs to be done now and what needs to get pushed off to 
until tomorrow to keep this million dollar business running. Mm -hmm. I say million dollar because that's how much we were probably generating at that particular site. Uh, Amazon as a whole, yeah, they're trying to reach whatever, a trillion, whatever they say. I don't care. We're at 1,500 something dollars a share. This this business, Amazon, Amzian, whatever. How are you going to keep this business afloat? Yeah, I mean, they don't want to bring in more workers because it would cost more for them. They want to squeeze three-person's job into one-person's job because someone will figure out how to do it. It may not be you, but someone will figure it out. That's why I think the average tenure is around a year and a half, and you would think the barrier to entry would be so high. Like, oh, it's really hard to get into Amazon. No one asked for my GPA. <laughs> I mean, I could make it up and they wouldn't even check. They don't have time to check. It's like burnout culture. I've yeah. heard the same thing at Elon Musk's companies, that he has very high expectations. People are very excited to work there because they want to say that they've worked at SpaceX. But once they get there and they're challenged and to work those number of hours, burnt out, they leave, they go somewhere where it's more calm, more empathetic, more yeah. humane. It's, it's, it sounds like this culture is very unsustainable for human emotions and for human... Uh, Mental, like emotional state. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you think it'll come back to hurt them as a business, or do you think that it's just like we live in a society where companies can create these positions where burnout culture is a thing, where people profit and emotions are thrown to the wayside? I personally think they're banking on Gen Z, whatever is Gen is after us. Tell me more. After millennials, because they say that the people born in whatever 1998, 2000, whatever, they can multitask like none other. So I think Elon Musk is like, I work 90 hours a week. Uh, I'm dedicated to this cause. I'll burn out the millennials. They'll find another job until the Gen Zs come in. They're smarter. They can multitask. And this will seem like nothing to them. They'll be on Instagram and querying whatever database at the same time. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll be like nothing ever happened. They'll be eating lunch on the toilet and it'll be normal to them. That's what I think they think. Do you think that that will be the case, or do you think that those leaders are just oh. really far separated from reality and those Gen Zs are going to come up and they're still going to be humans? They, no, they're definitely still going to be humans. They have that capability, but will they want to do that at work? No. I mean, not definitely not if their millennial older brother is telling them, like, relax. Relax. Go to San Juan, Puerto Rico for the week and chill out. Life's not that serious. Because while... Gen Z, whatever they're called, while they can work super efficiently, so the studies say, I believe it, while they can do this, they have high emotional intelligence. They know, they have integrity, they have dignity, they realize they're not baby boomers, they don't care about money, they care about experiences, life, they care about other things. They're not, they're not gonna, if millennials are saying, I'm not working at this company anymore, I'm not working at Amazon, I'm not working at SpaceX, I'm not working at wherever, if they're saying that, the next generation is definitely saying, mm. hey, thanks for the job offer, but do you have nap pots? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have free lunch? Oh, guess who does? Mm. They're going to leverage their rights like it's nobody's business. I mean, mm -hmm. I kept Uber as collateral at Amazon, and I did some massive damage with that. They were about to roll out this whole new schedule where they could work us 10 hours a day again. Which in reality might be 11, because you might show up 30 minutes early and stay 30 minutes late, or maybe even 12. So, no, but I'll let you think it. He said, oh, this is my plan for our new schedule, okay? 10 hours a day sounds like a lot. 
It's a lot in a warehouse. A lot where you only sit for 30 minutes guaranteed for lunch. Yeah. I used to not, when I first got to Amazon, when I did that podcast with you, I was not taking lunches. I wouldn't even notice. It would, it would be like that. Because you always want more time in the day. You have 700 units that need to be fulfilled. You have 500 of them fulfilled and you more orders are dropping in and you only have 30 minutes left you want another hour so by the time you you get in at noon and it's already eight oh it is i, I want it to still be two o'clock because that would mean i have more time to do my work so you're running around it would there would be times my manager at, at uber uh, used to work at amazon at amazon.com i work for prime now he worked at amazon.com he would say the moment I took lunch at Amazon was the moment I like ran out of gas. I would be cramping on the ground and I'm like, wow. Burned. Yeah, just completely had to take a break. And that's, I mean, that's what they want from you. At Am at Uber, I go in to the snack closet and I just grab all these snacks and I eat them. I'm not doing any physical work. I'm sitting in a chair talking to Uber drivers, helping them with their accounts. I learn something new every day doing that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but I'm I'm physically running, physically running around at Amazon, and um, there's nothing to keep me going. There's no one saying like, "Hey, take this break, take this 15 minute break," because I think legally I'm entitled to two 15s and a 30. I wasn't really getting 30 minute breaks before, and wow, like forbid that I ever take the two 15s mm -hmm. that I'm entitled, entitled to by the law. While it would be legal, <laughs> it would not be favorable by my manager, that's for sure. If anyone ever figured out I was off the floor for 15 minutes, what could happen in 15 minutes at Amazon? 30 new, at my site, 30 new customers could have ordered and that's another, so let's say 30 new customers want five, new phone chargers they're on sale that's another 150 units and just like that just jumps up you the the hmm. the dashboard doesn't even update in time there's like this dashboard that shows all the orders that fall in it updates i think routinely every 30 seconds or so it that is too slow and then so we have an excel file that's running that shows you how many people you need to send orders out the door and then you would use that those amount of people to send orders out the door based on them picking at 80 units per minute and then you would use the other two people that are there to bring product in the door. So there's like this score called throughput uh, which is based on units per hour. It's like this whole formula, I kind of forget it, but basically you excel at throughput if you somehow bring a lot of units in the door because that means that you are able to send units out the door and bring stuff in and put it on the shelf at the same time. So your people can't order if stuff are not on the shelves and they're not in virtual inventory. You could physically have Pepsi, 50 cases of Pepsi sitting in the back. No one can order it, that's a huge problem. There's been 50 cases of Pepsi sitting in the back for over 24 hours. We've already lost, as soon as, I, as, soon as it hits, as soon as it comes off the Pepsi truck, we want to put it away as fast as possible so that our customers can order all the Pepsi they want. But if it's there for three days, we've already lost who knows how much money. And so anyway, you have to have enough people to put product on the shelf and get product out the door. But you always want to get product out the door 
first, so they say. There would be times where I would cap our orders and I would still have people putting stuff away and sending stuff out the door, when in reality, the only reason you should turn off the orders is if everyone's sending stuff out the door. But I wouldn't do it, because I'm like... <laughs> you don't want to push them too hard. Yeah, and I don't, and people, you don't, hey, stop putting that, I told you to put that away, but get over here and help us get, run over there and get that cream cheese right now. So both Uber and Amazon are built on high demand, high tech, mm -hmm. high accessibility. As soon as you order an Uber, you expect it to be there. As soon as you order something on Amazon, you expect it to be there. Yeah. Very like instant access technology or times. What do you think the difference is between the culture or the workplace, the work environment that you were seeing at Amazon? Why are you still excited to work at Uber when that, what's the difference there? The difference is, Uber went through a cultural reformation, I think, last year. And if, if, if definitely, it was going on last year. But people at Uber said, get rid of rank. We had rank, got rid of it. Um, they totally redid the, the review process. Uh, we had Francis Frey from uh, whatever it's called. What's that school? Harvard Business College come over and uh, help people out with their skills. The problem is that Jeff... Bezos thinks he's, uh, I don't know, like no one's ever going to challenge him, that he's, um, he can never fail. He's going through this divorce right now. Who knows what McKinsey Bezos is going to do. But the problem is that there was the fall of Travis Kalanick, replaced by Dara Kay. And... Um, the problem is that the employees of Uber said, hey, th these are the problems with the company. Like, the, the down spiral of Travis was like, you would get an email every week and you'd be like, well, uh, and people were concerned. And people were like, well, while we're going through this, so let me tell you what I have, what problem I have with Uber. And people would speak up and Uber made a change. They said, hey, we heard our employees are not happy. This is the problem. The problem at Amazon is people are saying, we're unhappy with this, and they're saying, okay, well, we're Amazon, so what are you going to do about it? Interesting. There's no sort of democracy. There's no sort of, like, your voice is heard at Amazon. Okay, you can complain about this, but you can also go get a new job, because we'll always be here making money. It's like the feedback loop is one way. With Amazon, yeah. it's, um, oh, we're not hitting numbers, so we send the feedback down, we need to hit numbers, and then it gets to the bottom, and the feedback comes back, hey, we, it's impossible for us to hit these numbers and still keep all of the hair on our head and like not kill ourselves. It goes up one, and then he immediately says, nope, that does not follow the tunnel vision, so it goes down. Whereas at Uber, it seems like that feedback is two ways. Hey, we need more of this, we need to hit our goals, keep passing it down, and then there's that feedback of, it's not possible, and then that somehow gets passed up, and then they're like, oh, well, how about we change this thing to find a middle ground between what's possible for human beings and what we want as a company to grow? Yeah. Right, because Uber, Uber realizes that retention of workers, whether that is an independent contractor or whether that's an employee, retention of these workers is key. I've been at Amazon, or sorry, I've been at Uber for three years. I was at Amazon for a year and a half. I've seen Uber through many changes and I hope to stay there through many more changes. 
um, just because it's, it's exciting. But the problem is that Amazon does not value retention. They think, oh, well, the next batch, uh, who's graduating from Ohio State this year? Oh, 5,000 people, 60,000 are coming in the next, oh, that's, okay, how many people will want to work for Amazon? All of them, okay, how many people will be qualified? This many, okay, we'll hire them. Mm. And then work here for a couple of years, and hopefully one of them really needs money really bad, because then we'll keep them longer. It's like that with mm. Uber. It's like, wow, you've worked here for this long. You have a lot of information. What can we do to keep you? And that's the thing. I went in after I was, someone threw a stack of papers at me. The orders are late. We're only allowed 5%. You had 17% in this two-hour span. Relax. It's under 5%. No, I don't I don't think so. Let me try to crack you, okay? It ended up being 4.69. I almost hope it was over 5% because what are you going to do about it? Kill me? The customer will be okay. Mm-hmm. The customer will be okay. Um, but... I cried in the bathroom. I said, Mom, I cannot do this anymore. She said, what's wrong? Because I had been telling my mom for a while, I don't like Amazon, and she would sigh. Ah, okay. Because she knew that it would be good for my career to stay at Amazon, at least for the whole, for a year, which is how long I stayed in my management position. Before that, I was just working part-time uh, in customer support on High Street. She would sigh, and I said, I can't do this. She's like, well, if you're crying, it's definitely not worth it. So I got the approval from my mom to leave Amazon, I went to Uber the next day. The operations manager says, hey, how are things on Amazon? I said, to be honest, I don't like it. She's like, well, you can always come back here. And I said, really? Full time? Yeah. I said, I can't do that. I can't leave my team. I can't leave the drivers. They need me. And plus, my finances are not set up for it. Then I said, you know what? Let me think about it. I went directly to my financial advisor. I said, we need to calculate this now. <laughs> like, can I realistically still pay all of my bills? while taking this almost half half of my income gone, can I take this? And I figured it out, canceled a few Sling TV subscriptions. <laughs> and I I really just like, I don't, I'm not gonna be a slave to money. No one's gonna hold the American dollar over me and say, you need this. I mean, credit score is fake, I think. <laughs> I'll get it up if it goes down. I'll still pay my credit card. I'll do, I'll figure it out. Gig economy is real. I'll walk some dogs on WAG. I don't care. I'll figure it out. But what I'm not going to do is get yelled at every day, and you're going to expect me to go yell at someone because the bananas are not on the shelf. Bananas are Amazon's number one selling item. Great. So we have we profit off of bananas so much. Let's put a free banana stand somewhere. Let's do it. Great idea. Let's give out free bananas to the human race. Okay. Where? Seattle. They do not need free bananas in Seattle, but they do need them in Chile, where we're getting all the bananas from, Mm -hmm. and they're making all the migrant workers pick them. Anyway, so I'm just like, these types of things really bother me. What has Jeff Bezos done? Like, really, like, what, I mean, he's created Amazon, but, like, what is he doing with that wealth to help humanity? Mm -hmm. Putting free banana stands in Seattle to give them back to Amazon employees, because that's who's getting them, the Amazon employees, after they, I don't know. There's a saying in the warehouse that everyone in Seattle is smoking the peace pipe, whatever. So they go to those little spheres. I've always wanted to go there. Those little spheres, they get out of the spheres, they go get their free bananas. But like, who really needs help, Jeff Bezos? I mean, 
I think there's still a Flint water crisis. I think there's still other problems. And at, this is perfect timing, but after Notre, Notre Dame, and I'm uh, after this great, great cathedral has burnt, um, collectively, somehow, a lot of people have donated money to rebuild it, okay? Uh, where was that same energy with building? I'm not, this is not even, this is, these are people like Jeff Bezos. Where was that same energy with Flint? Where's that same energy uh, with our education system in Mississippi? <laughs> I don't know, anything. Money exists, but yeah. it's being channeled towards pre preservation of art and giving free bananas Which to software important. engineers. Rather, while other problems are not getting addressed. This would not be a problem if other problems... Were, I'm not saying Notre Dame can, should not be rebuilt. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I was hurt, you know? I minored in French in college. I'm of French-Canadian descent. My first and middle name are French. Like, you think... I, I saw that and I was like, this is fake. I, um, you know, my dad graduated from Notre Dame um, in Indiana for undergrad in biology. BS. And, like, you know, you grow up Our Lady, you know? This cathedral is, I, you know, I, four years old, my favorite movie, Hunchback Notre Dame, you know what I'm saying? Like, the whole thing, I just, wow, this hurts a lot. But no, I'm pissed. Like, you're gonna, that's being rebuilt. Like, the U.S. government can magically pull it out of their ass, you know, the money to rebuild this cathedral in France. I understand we have close relations with France. I understand the whole thing. But the problem is, like, we have domestic issues that need to be taken care of and we're and, and don't get me wrong taking care of it taking care of international relations is important that was that's why i did my whole degree in like international relations 100 percent. i think we definitely should have helped them rebuild that they gave us statue of liberty in louisiana <laughs> popeye's chicken sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> they gave us cajun culture they gave us fake paella jambalaya whatever whatever that's spanish anyway so, yes, the French have done a lot for this country, and I, I think we should maintain relations with them. I think it's important. I think it says a lot that we did it. But what I, what I think matters more is that we take care of other issues. Like, people are really challenging. The people are speaking. Like, where, who's fixing, who's fixing what? So I'm curious to see what McKinsey Bezos says with all that money. So last question for you. Yeah. Um, seeing what's going on at Amazon and at Uber, two very successful companies, seeing money that's being spent by very rich people, looking forward to new startups or if this gets to Amazon, how, sh how could leaders react to this or how could companies from a managerial perspective, what, what's something that they could take away to be better companies? Like whether that's yeah treating employees in a certain way or setting standards in a certain way? How can we make the running of companies better? I would just say, this? like, there's a survey sent out at Uber that says, hey, do you still like it here? <laughs> you need to fill it out. And um, listen to your employees because, I mean, like, people are realizing their worth. They're like, I can go work at Qualtrics and get such and such benefit if I want. Well, who's going to, I'll make my own Roth. I'll set up my own, I'll set up my own 401k, I don't need your retirement, I don't need to stay here for however long, I don't need that. You think I need it, I'll show you that I don't, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll start a company that figures it out, you know what I'm saying? 
We have great startups in Columbus Root Insurance. Ilya Botner, my inspiration, also did IR at Ohio State. Um, but he's like, oh, the insurance business is flawed. Let me make Root, okay? So the problem is, like, we're living in a time where if people don't like the company they're working at, they'll make that company. If they don't like the company they're working at, they'll find someone who's already made that company and they'll work there. No one, my parents have had the same job my entire life. I can't believe it. My mom has been in the same office my entire life. That is admirable. I'm amazed. I'm shocked. My dad, same thing. Has had the same picture in the wall at his doctor's office of me and my brother when we were very young the whole time. And I'm like, I'm very, I mean, he, they've worked with the same partners, the same uh, doctors that they've rounded with uh, their whole lives. And I think that kind of consistency is amazing, but like no one's going to tolerate it in this day and age if they're not happy where they work. And the problem is that these big companies think, we'll get someone else, you will until you don't because someone's going to hear isn't amazon terrible to work for i'll tell anyone when i was when i before i started working at amazon someone said this is what you're signing up for my previous operations manager told my coworker, you're signing up for corporate bullying amazon i was told amazon wants to hire the type a personality okay google that there's tons of not good health side effects from that, high stress, whatever. It's like they want people who would challenge themselves. When I resigned from Amazon, I spoke to the HR business partner. She says, I wish that I would have done what you're doing. And I said, am I still talking to HR? <laughs> I'm like, I thought you were going to ask me to come back. I wish I would do what you're doing. Is this, are you, hello? Sit, blink twice if you need me to send an ambulance to Indianapolis. Hello? <laughs> What are you talking about? Right, to caught you off guard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, are you okay? She's like, I wish I could get my 20s back. I'm like, <laughs> is this get out? Hello, mm. are you in the second place? Hello, I can help. I can pull you out. <laughs> I can refer you. Because I said to my manager, I said, I won't say his name, but I said, we'll call him Phil. I said, Phil, if you need a job at Uber, let me know. It was a joke. I would never refer him to work there. He would never fit in. He said, <laughs> no thanks. And I said to his manager, the same one who threw a stack of papers at me, I said, Bill. He said, yeah, okay, whatever, bye. Was well, staring at his computer. Probably trying to figure out how to do his job since I was doing it for him since he started there. And that was the problem. He didn't know how to do his job. He got promoted. When he first got promoted, the reason he was new to our site is because he got promoted. He initially said, I need to get promoted again. I said, why? <laughs> you just got promoted. That's why you're here. Oh, I need more money. I just, I'm in, going through a divorce. Okay. I sold my BMW. I need a new one. Oh, shaking your Mercedes. Do you like your Mercedes? Uh, I do. My brother drives a BMW. He likes his BMW. People like, says your Jeep broken? Like what? <laughs> okay. Long story short, I'm not about to run around... Uh, grabbing that five pound bag of Sour Patch Kids just so you can get your new BMW that you had to get rid of during your divorce and you need more shares in Amazon and you need such and such cash bonus you need such and such uh, because at our warehouse L4 is me we didn't get any cash I got cash bonuses for signing on but we don't get any performance 
cash bonuses. They all go to the L5 and L6 and above. Uh, but we did get $50 gift cards to Amazon. Thank you. And um, my coworker was sick and throwing up, crying in the bathroom. And he called, I think I called him Bill, Phil. He called the ops manager. He said, I need help. I never got a call. Ops manager says, push through it. This is someone from Palestine, you know, been through a lot, whatever. Uh, needs help. And I would have definitely, I would have hated going on my day off, but I would have gone in, pushed through it. And then he's like, I'm sorry about that. Here's a $50 gift card to Amazon. He's like, I wasn't going to use it because I'm not going to spend even free money on Amazon, but I checked it. It was expired. We can check to see if gift cards are expired. That's what we do. Mm. Scan it. Is it expired? Does it work? Is it validated? Give an expired gift card after he was throwing up, crying in the bathroom, needed help. He said, push through it. If I even said, ah, a chew, <laughs> I'm sick at Uber, they would say, go home. We don't, we can't take that. Go home and rest. Play video games. I don't care. Get out of here. And don't ever sneeze in this office again. <laughs> at Amazon, you could be, story, quick story. Sometimes I have health problems, whatever. Um, so my dad's a doctor. I called him. I said, help. They won't let me go. And he said, put me on the phone with your manager. Manager says, okay, ambulance, or am I taking you? I said, put me in your Jeep and take me to the OSU hospital immediately. And that's what it took. My dad, a doctor. What if my dad were a software developer? Would he not have believed him that I had a real health problem? The problem was my blood sugar was low, hypoglycemic, and I felt it. I said, my blood sugar's low. Okay, do you want to wait it out? Okay, I'll go to the gas station and get some candy, eat it, whatever. I felt increasingly worse from the stress because I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I just need to go to the hospital. This was a day that I normally didn't work. It was like Memorial Day or something. Some day where they thought we were going to have a lot of orders. So we need four managers. Okay. Uh, the, no the volume was the same. No one cared about this holiday to order a lot on Amazon. So I'm like, I'm not even supposed to be here. And I know my manager thought, oh, I'm trying to get out of a day where I'm not really supposed to be working. And it was a fat coincidence that it was a day that like I wasn't normally working, but I legitimately needed help. Like went to the hospital, ran my blood work, whatever. I got there, they did what they did. And I was like, thanks for taking me to the hospital. He's like, yeah, you're welcome. I was like, yeah, this is not, I was not, I'm not making this up. I wouldn't, I would tell you that I wanted to leave if I wanted to leave. I had a real health concern. And it's like, they care so much about fulfilling this many orders and not about my health. Fast forward to, I think, so Christmas Eve, we had all the managers there. I think we did, I don't know how many units we did in one day, a lot. So double that a few weeks later and I was in the warehouse by myself. I had absolutely no help. We were doing double the amount of orders that we did on Christmas Eve, which is our busiest day of the year. I was in there by myself. And I just went back to that time where they wanted me to stay in the warehouse for Memorial Day, whatever, holiday. And I needed to go to the hospital. And they were like, no, it's President's Day, whatever day. It's this day. And we, someone might order five TVs, and we need you here to carry them, <laughs> even if your blood sugar's low. But okay, uh, two weeks after Christmas, when everyone has all their shopping money, and the, you 
don't, you knew that. You you have the computer open at home, I know that. You send me messages, you want me to send you the order volume and you didn't send any help. Well, that's my last story about Amazon for now. I would love to chat forever. My yes. sister just called. We were supposed yeah, to leave for Chicago a while back. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thanks for having me. I have plenty more to say. Cool. Yeah, hopefully we can regroup again when I am not rushing to get out of here and we can yeah, have another I conversation. I totally get it. I mean, for real, I think that if anything, I don't want to defeat Amazon. I mean, I definitely want Amazon to stay at the head of whatever the tech race, the warehouse e-commerce race. I don't want to lose to Alibaba. <laughs> Alibaba represents so many things about Chinese commerce uh, and, you know, whatever, just watch Silicon Valley, Jin Yang. Um, but I do think that we need to push them to get rid of rank and get rid of those, not get rid of the cultural, the leadership principles, but just to stop holding them over people's head. It's, it's unnecessary. Because my performance review, I, if you ask me if this was what was said to me every day, Camille's intelligence is unquestionable. I think I got asked once if I know how to divide <laughs> and multiply. So if I know sixth grade math, fifth grade math, fourth grade math, whatever math it is, it's all fake. So we need to push Amazon to change, to go through a cultural reformation and not necessarily defeat Jeff Bezos, but defeat his ego that he thinks, what, like no one wants to not work at Amazon? I don't want to work at Amazon anymore. I don't work at Amazon anymore. And I won't until they change something. So when, when my coworker said, I'm too invested in Amazon, I have too, too many shares. He was like held captive by money. And when my HR rep was like, what can we do to make you say nothing? Okay, uh, well, let me admit this to you. I wish I could leave. Why can't you leave? Money? Like, what are you doing in your free time? What free time? Okay, something's wrong here. And I don't want to see these people that I love staying there. Bernie Sanders pushed the associates to get the $15 an hour. People will cry. I love the man for that. I want to write him a letter. I love the man for that. But what has really changed? Like, there's still... There's other people other than the, like the minimum wage worker or the associate that need help. Like it's it's through the chain. Jeff Bezos is fine. I know that. There's lots of people who are not. So I would like it to change because there's no reason it shouldn't. The top company, the top company. What's top about it? Because people think money is all that matters, but we're showing them there's there's more to it. Definitely.